Welcome to the LTC University Podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to the LTC University Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston, and today we have Brooke Howard, the Vice President of Clinical Services for SC Households. Brooke, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So there's been a lot of changes. We've we've talked on a, talked about this a little bit on our podcast, but there's been a lot of changes with CMS um, on how providers, you know, bill and how they do their visits. Tell us, give us a big overview of those changes, and then we're going to get into the details on how providers need to bill, how they need to look at their visits, how do they need to strategize for their day, because there's there were some pretty big changes, and 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 they make a huge difference in in, in everything that South Carolina House Calls does. Yeah, they really do. Looking at it from a broader standpoint, it appears that CMS really is telling the providers that they want for them to see the patients more frequently to have that good access to care. Um, So whenever you're looking and thinking about how we previously were modeled, we were more, you know, making those longer, um, more what we thought were meaningful visits where now CMS is saying, you know, no, we don't want you to do that anymore. You really just need to give um, the patients more care so you can see, you know, more patients in a day if you're not really, you know, sitting there and spending those long visits. And so it's probably see the patient more often versus in bigger lumps of time. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 100%. So for me, whenever I was trying to figure out how to wrap my head around it, we have always focused a lot on the average charge per hour and average charge per visit. But when I was looking at it, it really didn't make sense to me anymore that way. So I actually broke it down by the minute, which really seemed crazy at first, but it was a very surprising because when we first started talking about this, my original thought was that the much shorter, less complex visits would be better to be done and use a prolonged code but whenever i broke it down this way it's like the prolonged code just doesn't make sense at all anymore yeah um so to help everybody understand it better um basically all of the e m codes alone would get you past that three dollars and 75 cent per minute that you would need to optimize your time throughout the day um, but then the sheet also goes into which combinations of the E&M code and the add-on codes will still get you to that, that point. And I think it's pretty um, interesting to look at and see how much difference your minutes can account for depending on what, um, what, what combinations you use. So hopefully this will be a really good tool to use with the stay in your lane sheet that we previously made too. The stay in your lane will help you get to whatever complexity you want. And then uh, the other sheet would let you know what, um, what combinations you can use together. Sure. Absolutely. And you figure, you know, when you say t- I was, in, I was, I had surgery back in November and those doctors came in and they literally saw me for less than five minutes, far less than actually it was probably more like two minutes, two to three minutes. And those bills were $150, $200 for those visits. So you figure they're billing for probably $50 a minute versus you know what what they uh what we're billing for so 395 is really 
Yeah, that's no brainer. So. Yeah, and the other thing about it is, one a provider recently asked me about. Well, you know, it doesn't. I don't know how I like it because I don't want for the patient to get, you know, that many bills. But when you look at the difference, what you, what we were previously billing when we had the prolonged codes and everything together, um, those amounts were much higher. And so now using like the ENM code um, and then, you know, maybe the ACP or non-face-to-face, they're charges are going to be less. So seeing them more is not going to technically cost more it'll just be divided up over visits yeah absolutely um so let's let's get into the specifics and the details of you know maybe even get into some scenarios you know of of a patient what they may look like and to give them a really good idea of how they need to be working so as far as like the number of visits per day um, there are several different combinations that could be used to, um, to, to make up that day. They, you could have a day where you did nothing but telehealth visits, and it could be some audio video, some audio only. Um, you could also have a day where you do in-home visits with you know, telehealth visits as well. We have piloted it with um, a provider, and like one day she was able to do nine in-home visits and eight audio-only visits, um, and she had a really productive day. The exciting part about all of these changes is that we're now going to be able to have MAs assigned to our seven-on-seven-off providers, um, which will you know significantly increase how much they can get done because it'll mm-hmm. keep them from having to do all of those MA tasks that they previously were having to take on, you know, themselves. So, um, so I thought that was really amazing that they were able to see and take care of that many patients in a day when mm-hmm. previously, you know, the home providers were only able <coughs> to take care of, you know, seven, eight, 10 right. patients in a day. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like they're going to get, they're going to be able to help more people. Yeah, I definitely think it's definitely going to give better and more access to care for all of our patients. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as like how their day would look, like I said, originally, I really thought it was going to be those very short, very specific, less complex visits, more frequently um, and probably using prolonged code, which now I know isn't actually accurate. Um, so what I feel like would be uh, the provider's best bet is don't limit themselves to specific things. Kind of look through and see what applies to that patient. So if the patient's had a significant decline and they need to do an ACP, then look at the sheet and see, okay, so if it's already an established patient, well, you actually can do any complexity with um, with the ACP. So I think they have to be specific to what the patient's needs are right. and then use the sheet to decide how to get to that mark they need to be at. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and because and now, correct me if I'm wrong, ACPs are billed less now? Yes. Okay, yes. yeah. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing them. That's you just need correct. to do them when they're appropriate. Right. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And the same thing with non-face-to-face, the payment for it went down significantly as well. And originally we thought probably didn't make sense to do those anymore. But if you pair it correctly with E&M codes, it does still make sense. And it is very important to make sure that the quality of care and how well we know our patients and what they need and what they have going on, that we still do understand it to the same extent that we previously had really focused on. Um, I think if we were not doing them, it would probably hinder care some. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not what South Carolina House Calls is about. It's It's about providing optimal care for patients, for sure. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, so give us another scenario of a patient, maybe with a, with a diagnosis, you know, uh, that may be a challenge for, for a provider. Well, you know, I think because all of the EM, E&M codes alone um, are able to meet that $3.75, um, you, you really can see the patient for whatever whatever it is. So if they have one specific diagnosis that you're seeing them for, say they called and, you know, they think that they have a urinary tract infection and so it's going to be a really straightforward visit, then that patient you can go and do a really straightforward visit on um, knowing that, you know, the other patients that are more um, complex that are going to take some more time, you you have that time to give to them. So I think it, it really just depends on on the patients and how your schedule is set up um you know with the new map that's going to make things a lot better uh, having the ma who can help optimize you know your schedule and and get people added if you have cancellations those kind of things the right. biggest thing that's going to be the most important is the scheduling and making sure that somebody's helping you if you have a patient that you know declines the visit that day or you know, whatever may happen, because we all know that things change. Oh, absolutely. Every single day. Well, so I'll say this too. So looking at the sheet, so say that um, some new records came into your bucket uh, that you hadn't reviewed yet. And so you knew that this patient's on your schedule today. You really want to make sure that you do that non-face-to-face. A lot of times those non-face-to-faces has so much information in it about all of their different diagnoses. So then you would want to make sure that you use the higher complexity codes because then you're able to capture all of those diagnoses that are listed in the non-face-to-face and bring it over and tell how it's important to that patient's plan of care, how you're utilizing this information that you receive from the outside um, practice, and um, and just follow that that lane and the stay in your lane sheet to make sure that you're meeting all the components that you need for that complexity for what's going on with the patient. Right. Now, as far as like when they're, they're seeing the visit, are they going ahead and putting in the ticklers, you know, down the road to, to get that next visit scheduled? Cause it sounds like, Hey, we're going to see you for this today, but Hey, and, and another week, we're going to see you for this, um, you know, for another possible thing. So is that the case or something they need to be watching out for? Yeah, I definitely would encourage all of the providers to make sure they're putting 
ticklers in. We do have other people who are reviewing charts and will add ticklers and, and things if they feel that it's appropriate. Um, but the providers already know the patient and know what they're mm -hmm. doing for them. So if they see the patient today and know they need to follow up in three days to make sure they're feeling better, um, that the medications work and they're not having adverse effects from it or anything like that, then they definitely should be putting those ticklers in so that it can get scheduled or they'll have an MA. I mean, they could always have the MA go mm -hmm. ahead and add it to their schedule. Yeah, absolutely. And so when they're in it doing a face-to-face -face visit and home visit, they're, you know, they're thinking, okay, this, I'm seeing them today. I'm getting, I've got eyes on them. I can, you know, really examine them well. The next time I see them, probably should be a telehealth or, or just a phone call. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think usually that's probably going to be appropriate. The only thing that comes to my mind that may, you know, not work for that scenario would be like if they say it's a patient that had cellulitis and maybe they put una boots on the patient or something to try mm -hmm. to help and they were going to go back in three days they would you know probably need to make the in-person visit sure. unless that patient had home health who could do the dress and change right absolutely yeah and i use all your resources for sure yeah so brooke what else do providers need to know well, I think that you, you just have to remember that you have so many resources. There are so many of us with SC House Calls that, you know, really want to support you guys and be there. Um, so just reach out and let us know what your questions are. We were talking about maybe um, having you guys send us questions about mm -hmm. any of this information you've got today so that we could circle back around and answer those questions for you. I know um, we can't be everywhere across the state, but we still want to be within reach to you guys. Absolutely. So, yeah, and so we'll definitely do that. We're going to send out some questions to, to providers from South Carolina House Calls and that get their questions and then we'll come back and we'll address them, um, on a podcast. So awesome. Well, good deal. Well, Brooke, thanks so much. We thanks appreciate you. Me. Thanks for getting all this together. I know it's tough with CMS. You guys are interpreting what they're, you know, putting out. And so that's, a, that's a challenge. And then having to, you know, to really figure out a strategy you know, and just for listeners too, this isn't all the stuff isn't just stuff you've come up with. This is CMS making these changes. You guys haven't made these changes. You're adapting to them and, and working through them and so that we can be profitable. Because if we're not profitable, we don't have a company, you know, and we can't provide care. We can't help people across the state of South Carolina if, if that's not the case. So. And, and I think it's really important, especially for us, you know, we are a primary care practice, but we do have the um, ability to go to the homes and see the patients. And, and that's a whole different layer of care. That's not been something that's really been around. Um, so I'm just super excited to be a part yeah. of that. Now, just something that just came to my mind too: assisted livings. Talk a little bit about what care will look like at an assisted living versus what it did before because typically you'd have a provider there three days a week they'd be in person that's changing yeah so i think um it's, it's the same scenario it kind of goes hand in hand with what we've seen with the home um e&m codes they really want that more access to care uh, i think that the uh, telehealth visits are going to be 
very impactful to, to help accomplish what needs to be accomplished for those patients. Um, and, and they really kind of follow that same path, just like the home codes did where prolonged codes no longer make sense. Um, they want you to make the more frequent visits to, um, to make sure that you're keeping the patients out of the hospital and Mm -hmm. giving them what they need. Yeah. and, And keeping them at home and then keeping those assisted livings full. I mean, those, those patients, those people don't want to be in the hospital. Nobody wants to be in the hospital. Um, and well, so, most of the hospitals don't even have room right now for you. Exactly. And it's even more critical than ever to keep them safe and, and out of harm's way, you know, with the coronavirus and all those things. So, Brooke, thanks so much for all your work. I mean, you've worked tirelessly on this, figuring this out. And uh, there'll be more changes to come, I'm sure. It's, it's never-ending you know, changes in in the medical field. So thanks for all your hard work. Thank you. Just a couple of announcements. Every single month on the first Monday of the month, we have an event called the Community Leadership Assembly. You are invited, especially if you're an assisted living administrator or skilled facility administrator and a social worker. You can earn up to three CEU credits at this event. You'll hear from a couple different speakers and we're going to provide lunch for only $10 you don't want to miss it. So make sure you come to 1626 on Main in Columbia, South Carolina. You won't regret it. Also, if you'd be so kind to write a review for the LTC University podcast, give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. We'd love for you to check us out on social media. You can go find us at LTC University on Facebook. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to learn together. Have a great day.